1: Hello everyone, welcome to the latest episode of the Red Men Weekly Podcast, the show where we bring you the best clips from our Red Men Plus content over the previous week. I say it every week, but if you want to check out these shows in full, either in video or podcast format, redmenplus.com is the best place to go. If you sign up today using the promo code CLOP, When you join as a monthly captain subscriber, you'll get your first month for free. So go and check it all out. If you don't like it, you can just cancel, you won't be charged anything. And if you do like it and want to continue as a subscriber and support everything we do at Redmen HQ, that would be much appreciated as well. So yeah, let's get on with the show. We'll start with the Biased Football Podcast. It was Chris, Dan and Chloe in Liverpool's rivals had... Somewhat of a mixed weekend and there's been some transfer news as well. So yeah, Chris and the guys jumped into all of that on this week's Biased Football podcast.
2: On to Spurs then, uh, unfortunately for every Premier League side that isn't Spurs, Hugo Lloris has gone to LAFC <laughs> uh, and Timo Werner um, looks likely to move to North London. Eric Dier is wanted by Bayern Munich, right, right. Uh, which is interesting. But well, let's do a little bit more on Timo Werner then. Because if it does feel to me, like we mentioned it before, I feel like he would work there. I feel like he's got a manager who's going to support him as well.
3: Yeah it feels like a good sign for them to be honest. Um and we know that players can be reborn. Uh the you know Mo Salah didn't do it for Chelsea yeah. but he certainly has done it for Shout. us. Yeah. Um so the, you you can get this and he was a great player for Leipzig before he left to go to Chelsea in the first place. And it feels like he needs a manager like Jurgen Klopp who's going to you know put him under his wing and support him and hold him and make sure you know he gets lots of hugs after the game if he does well. Like that that just feels what Timo Werner needs and he's going to be in an exciting team and there's not going to be as much pressure on them because right now Spurs fans and rightfully so they're just really happy with what where their future and what this project is looking like um and right now not all the results need to happen straight away so if timo Werner comes over on his loan and and does really well then he could be their number one you know striker for them we've seen richarlison's actually starting to kick into gear a little bit which can take the pressure off him Um, and also when Son comes back he he helps out with the goals they've got Kulisewski as well so for me I think he I think he just fits Spurs I think he does I think he'll get quite a few goals I think he'll be more clinical because he'll he'll be more free there won't be the weight of Mm. Chelsea and you having to be hitting the ground straight away there's so much pressure on you it's not like that that there so um, and with how how exciting their football is I think he really fits the system
4: no, I agree, and that Chelsea number nine thing, just to finish on that final point, has become a bit of a curse, hasn't ever since drogged, but they've been not been able to fill that void essentially nobody's worn that shirt of any great distinction. But just while he was talking, Romano tweeted about Timo Werner. And there's an option to buy on the loan deal for seventeen million euros. Seventeen. Seventeen million euros. Wait. 17? Seventeen?
3: Seventeen. Wow. That is That's a
4: steal. That, that is a steal. I'd I'd be in there for that. No, I would in there That's a that's a real because he's a player we've all we've said it, I think he suits the way Tottenham want to play their football. It exciting fast brand of football I think mean, he's obviously not a son but he's not a million miles away in terms of the way he goes about his business but he could play across the front
3: line I think yeah, it's fair to say, say. Mm-hmm. so
4: that's another thing so yeah it feels like a very smart piece of business from million, Spurs
3: ridiculous how much did Chelsea pay for him around know, 60
4: it? off top mid I think was something like that chance? yeah I'm
2: sure it was yeah, it was a good right. chunk anyway I thought it
3: was more I thought it was like 70 but yeah, really. it probably was Se- around 70 60 70
2: million
3: or... seems ridiculous like. it's
4: spinning the wheel Just yeah his career has obviously fell off a long way yeah. since we're talking about Liverpool England and stuff like that, but still for seventeen million, he's probably got 25-26 five, twenty six. I'd imagine yeah, something of that. You know. Twenty seven years old. Oh, it okay. Yeah,
2: good. He's 20, he, funnily enough, his birthday's in March as well, so he'll be twenty eight in March, same as Van Tony Oh, um, there we go. Up
4: before,
3: yeah, seventeen mil is is sad.
4: Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, and Eric Dyer, is this Kane's influence at Bayern Munich then?
4: Yeah, absolutely. And he's got a bloody good agent getting him that move to Bayern. Having not kicked the ball in anger for Spurs basically all season. Yeah, no, you know what? It's one of them, isn't it? Like Eric Dyer on his day, which has not been for a few years now. If I'm going to be dead honest, was a pretty solid footballer. It obviously he was the defensive and midfielder as well. Yeah, he was defensive midfielder, wasn't he? Sort of converted into it to a centre half. Was it Sporting previously? That's I where he know. came from originally, I think. Yeah, um, solid What's their stadium called.
3: Eat and speak,
4: oh, um, they're not the stadium light, are they? That's the other one in Portugal. Um, oh, yeah, it's got the Benfica that is stadium light, anyway. Um, yeah, good, good signing, I think, for Bayern to be honest with you. They're looking for a centre back, They seem to be desperate for a centre back. Um, I don't what think do
3: you just said good signing for
4: Bayern, yeah, I think you will be, yeah, because only so much as the Bundesliga. <laughs> <laughs> Only in the Bundesliga ranks. Not necessarily in Champions League fourteen and stuff like that. I think it might get caught out in the latter stages of the Champions League. But I think in terms of the Bundesliga, I think he'd do a good job there. I do.
3: Do you, Chloe? I'd, I'd, I'd rather just have an invisible person. That sounds like I have to be fair. Oh, that's not fair. Like, it's, I don't care. He's not Bayern Munich level but what is that Why because they had Chipper we...
4: Moting for a while who played for Stoke so I, I'm not sure yeah, where... he wasn't... scored goals in the semi-finals of the Champions yeah. League he no. is not we're I'm, we're I'm sorry he is not Chipper Moting is not it he is not the guy
3: no we, we, we don't believe Eric that, Dyer's but is we also don't believe him. Eric Dyer's a good enough football player to be playing for Bayern Munich
4: in the Bundesliga he,
3: no they've got Kim Minjai who's the other lad Upa they've got what, what do they need Delecht, what do they need Eric Dyer for
4: injury issues all across them Plays DM, plays centre-back. I think he's a smart piece of business.
3: To never kick a football, yeah, he's a smart piece of business. Yeah, <laughs> To sit on the bench, he's a smart piece of business. Maybe if you need him in that DFK cup, sure. <laughs> to play in a Champions League, no. No. He's not, no. no.
4: <laughs> this is Eric Dyer, a Champions League winner's medal round his neck come April, May, rather. And if he is,
3: yeah. he'll have sat on the bench for all eight games and came on for five minutes at some point.
2: Okay, we're going to move on then. Before we do, I think it's worth sort of taking stock of Arsenal, United, City, Villa, Newcastle and Spurs. There's there's not a lot of transfers that that are rumoured to be done. Why do you think that is? Because if you throw Liverpool into that Mm. as well, like, it does feel like there's not going to be much movement in this January transfer window. And I know it will probably more than likely happen now in terms of going into the winter break and stuff like Mm. that, but... Also, if you're looking to sign someone and you're desperate to sign someone, January 1st is the time when you sign them so that you can use them for more games, mm. especially at the back end of this Christmas period and stuff. Are we putting my Liverpool fan hat on here? Are we like, OK, actually looking around, saying, like, oh, God, we need signings, we need signings, we need signings. No one else is making signings and we're top of the table. Are we all mm. right here?
4: there's definitely an element of that yeah I think from a Liverpool angle I think we're sort of taking stock of our situation a little bit obviously we are seeing quite a few lads come back from loan and stuff like that I think we're just trying to work out where pieces fit and the that Phillips situation is a really interesting one so what happens there might Sort of lend itself to what we do next potentially in terms of the market. I think injuries. Are well, let's go through enough.
2: the Nat Phillips one then, because you know if anybody doesn't know who's watching, yeah. if he plays for Liverpool,
4: he can't go anywhere else. He can't
2: go anywhere else. Yeah, he can't play for three clubs in one yeah. season. Can and you? the
4: same essentially applies for Owen Beck as well, unless he went back to Dundee. Now, Nat Phillips is not going to go back to Celtic. They have no interest in that deal. So
2: Dundee would
4: probably have well, they, an interest in Owen Beck. Yeah, back, they yeah they'd judging by off. their social media, accounts. <laughs> yeah, they'd absolutely snap your hand off for him back. So yeah, that's. I think Liverpool are just. At bit of a staging one and you're right, I think we're probably looking at our own situation our rivals a little bit and could be a domino effect if we lose someone through injury potentially Touchwood, that isn't the case or if one of our rivals acts and maybe we'll be forced into the market but also Liverpool have done this for a few Januarys now whereby we're quite content until we're not yeah. and the minute we're not is when one we're of our so rivals they,
2: yeah, help me.
4: they move for say for, Inasio let's use him as an example in this we clearly like Inasio that's sort of common, uncommon secret everyone knows that if Arsenal suddenly Advance their interest in Gonzalo and Asher, and say we'll pay you fifty million now. Would it shock me if Liverpool went? No, what? Not whatsoever. Liverpool will do the same thing because I think we like the player.
2: Yeah, ultimately that's it, isn't it? Are you surprised at how little movement's happened so far?
3: Um, I guess so, just because it always feels like transfer when there's every opponent that you know is your rival or is challenging you, keep signing players and, and you don't, and that's just how it feels. But. I also don't think there's loads of options anymore like I just I, I don't <clears throat> and the options that are there look we can talk about center you mentioned Inasio there's Hincape there and if, if you're trying to get him from Bayer Leverkusen good luck because they're top of the table Xabi Alonso's has turned them into an absolute monster are they
2: still unbeaten? I
3: think
4: I don't think they've lost a the game at
2: the top no. of my they were the only side in Europe's top five leagues that were still unbeaten yeah
3: they still are I think I think, I, think, I, think I saw yeah. a stat this weekend Um and and this is the thing, if if you now want him who was uh, an idea or or something, you know, six months ago, well he's now gonna cost you double of what he was then because there's no way by Bayalevaku's not gonna let him go. Um
2: It's like giving away a title.
3: Yeah.
4: Mm. yeah. He's actually not played that much, which is mad.
3: Because injury is
4: No well. we're not even that he's just not been a regular for them, which no. is really crazy, like but they are solid. The good yeah. side, to be honest with you. Yeah, but I I agree, I think Ultimate, I don't know who is out there There doesn't seem to be a, a yeah. perfect option the only one again come back to it in our show because of the release clause because yeah. everyone always says who you're going to get out of the club if oh. there's a release clause there, there's your answer
2: mm. Yeah, especially with our um, man in charge of signings You know, we know he can work a release clause uh, the, big, the big name that looks like he could be moving mm. to the Premier League of course though Chloe is Jordan Henderson
4: um,
3: I, you had me sold on a dream there and I was like oh my god who is it
4: Yeah, Kylian okay. Mbappe did you think for a second
3: no I just thought it was someone top tier um, not Jordan Henderson
2: um, well Klopp said uh, in his quotes there let me have a little look here, he didn't call me uh, and this was speaking after his side knocked Arsenal <laughs> out of the FA Cup <laughs> he laughed off the suggestion that Liverpool could be a potential destination for Jordan Henderson said he didn't call me we spoke actually but not about that so really Really, I have nothing to say about that. Pretty strong to Mm. assume that Jordan won't be playing his trade at Anfield again with Liverpool.
3: And obviously, you know, the reason he wanted to go Saudi, another big reason, was because he didn't want to play for anyone that Liverpool could come up against. I'm pretty sure, you know... In that interview, it was with his heartstrings. You know, he tried to really get us on board with that idea that oh, I couldn't possibly play against Liverpool in, in any competition in any way. So if I just move to Saudi, the best option is either in that World Cup thing, which he's never going to get to uh, under Stephen Gerard at El Fac. but also in. Um, it's like pre season friendly, is it way And that's a lovely little time if Liverpool played them you could go back. Um so yeah, it's really interesting to see where he ends up because you you know, he can't go to anyone in Europe who could possibly play in, against Liverpool because Sunderland that would go against his yeah.
2: Yeah, go Does on. Does he get in the England side?
4: No. if he goes to Sunderland. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it's it's, does. yeah, yeah, it's
3: does. yeah, Southgate. It's isn't it? Southgate. Championship's
4: better than Saudi Pur League.
3: Yeah, he, he wouldn't have a. True. He'd just
4: Definitely. choose
3: them every mm. single time. So, um, but yeah, you know, crime your river, Jordan Anderson.
4: I, I think every bottom half of the table Premier League side will take John Henderson oh they should and maybe a, well. maybe a Brighton Brentford and West Ham in the top the only ones who wouldn't are Everton because yeah. of his Liverpool connections but if he'd have had the same career he had a Liverpool with Manchester United oh, he would be, be all there already. over John Henderson like, it'll like a be,
3: it'll be interesting to see what he actually does because would
2: anyone in the top half of the table then take him
4: yeah I think West Ham West Ham and Brighton I can see right. a midfield three of Adam Lana, John Henderson and James Milner if you
2: were Unai Emery, would you think about Jordan Anderson?
4: Yeah, I would. That little bit of house, that little bit of experience, get him over the line in the race for the top four, to no-brainer.
2: If you were Eddie Howe, would you think about Jordan Anderson?
4: Yeah. Well, yeah, but the Sunderland thing probably, <laughs> probably puts pay to that. But yeah, I would, honestly. I would.
2: He's going to find the club. I think he's going to find the club no problem but, whatsoever.
4: Well, having read the article from The Athletic earlier on, Oliver Kayes, yeah, he sure is... That desperate to get oh. out of Saudi like at first he just thought it's just reports and reports but, report, it's but it's, he's desperate to get he out just, of Saudi like the,
3: the project looks like it's going great <laughs> like, he obviously area.
2: doesn't like it's not Saudi that's the problem he lives in Bahrain remember Yeah. Mm. It, maybe it's Bahrain that's the issue mm.
3: Yeah, who knows? But I just remember seeing a tweet earlier saying he's offered himself to such and such and such and such, and someone just replied saying I've offered myself to Juulipa. Things, you know. Well, what, what you...
4: Jesse Lingard offered himself to Barcelona, yeah, apparently. That was recently.
3: another
4: one. If Barcelona were watching, by the way, I'm also available. Mm.
2: Yeah. Eight out of ten centre midfielder there for
4: them. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
2: <laughs> um, and Liverpool news. We may as well just discuss it briefly before we go. It looks like Hull will be signing Carvalho, Chloe.
3: Bit of a mad one for me. Um, he's the club, like obviously Southampton were interested. Who was the Premier League side that was interested.
2: Wolves wanted him.
3: Wolves, that was it.
2: Leicester and Southampton were interested Lester, as well.
3: Leicester, yeah. yeah. Um, so I kind of thought Hull was maybe the the last club on the list, but evidently he's going there. Um, yeah, that, like, clearly he's hes he needs a slow move. We don't feel like he could be in, put in our squad at any point, even if we are fighting on four fronts. Um, there's clearly some thought that, no, he needs to go out and get this experience mature as a player, mature as a person. Um, so let's hope it goes well for him. Let's hope he returns as a good footballer because I've got no idea what's going on with Fabio Carvalho. He's fell off a cliff.
2: Does the two, three clubs thing mean, is it worldwide?
4: Yeah, he's yeah, well. he's so, to like a so, FIFA thing. So,
2: yeah. so he can't play for us either. No, if we want him to move on and yeah. stuff like that.
4: That's why it's probably going to happen this week. By the looks of it, because there's no point him sticking around. Anymore yeah. like this Fulham game on the horizon, if he plays in that, he's got a stables now for the foreseeable for the rest of the season, so it doesn't make any sense. Uh, still
2: feels like something's, something's gone on there. We'll yeah, find it it's the an odd one. It was a
4: Man City game, wasn't it? It was the Carabao Cup Man City game where he scored yeah. away from home, got to talk off at half time, uh, I don't think we've seen him again ever since. And Klopp,
2: that
4: literally I'm 99% well? certain that's wow. the case here. Yeah, Klopp spoke because he played in the derby as well. Him and Harvey Elliott both started in the he'd derby. Because he
3: done unbelievable against Newcastle when he came yeah. on and yeah. scored. scored the winner, he then, yeah. Harvey Elliott and him started in the midfield. felt yeah,
4: lightweight. But, yeah
3: against Everton
4: yeah it's one of the I, I, I like him and there's clearly a talent in there there's no there's no question about that you know the other side of things who knows but it's some fall from grace and that's no disrespect to Hull but to go from being oh, sought after and right. chased by Liverpool for six months before signing him to having a, an okay start to Liverpool career to then falling and then to go into Leipzig which is a big old move and won the Bundesliga powerhouses to Hull it's a bit mm, what's going on mate like where, where are we going in ultimately from what I've read the Tyler Moore's in fact is a factor when it comes to going to Hull, so that's a nice thing, I like that. The manager, I think is Liam the Senior, has also spoken to him and that's a positive and the biggest positive out of all of them is from what I can read, is that he just wants to play footy mm. he's looked at the Southampton thing and the Leicester thing mm-hmm. and the Wolves thing and gone yeah I'll get minutes but will I be the guy maybe not, whereas a Hull he's going to be the guy, like he could spear
3: When, when
2: you are questioning someone's mentality and how they are behind the scenes that's actually a big yeah, huge. tick in the right column
3: no.
4: because if he'd have gone to Leicester say say Leicester Leicester absolutely pissing the championship. Like, they are up already, essentially, all bar the shouting. Like, he could have gone there and just played a part and had a jolly old time, a good few months, yeah. shipped with a goal and assist here and there, and great. But would he have got the minutes he needed? Potentially mm. not. So this actually is quite, a, as you say, it's quite a positive move from his respect.
3: Yeah.
2: Okay. Um, we'll be, quickly do ends of the week then. Um, Dan, we'll start with you, mate.
4: I have completely forgot. Martin Odegaard Martin Odegaard for um Ging up the Liverpool end for this let's see
2: can you see Martin Odegaard on my laptop it's not working oh, it's
3: not working it's what not working I don't
4: know what he said he said something that wasn't working
3: that is so sad
4: that is it's sad okay.
3: we'll get there
4: have you got it now here we go yes okay
2: so Martin Odegaard here let's have a look at him the
4: absolute balance and talk me through it, Dan. So basically, what he's doing there is he's giving it the big arms and saying, "Come on, let's see, uh, let's get some more out of you. Come on, let's go, let's go. Come on, big noise, big noise." However, it turns out he's doing that to the Liverpool fans who travel to the Emirates. <laughs> so,
2: so what you're telling me, Dan? Here is this is the Liverpool end with all the Liverpool flags. Yeah, that's <laughs> right, yeah.
4: That, that that in there that he's doing that to. That's the Liverpool end. <laughs> Yeah. So that's the wrong end for him to be doing that too. Um, Boy, you're a Liverpool fan. Actually, did you remember know he trained with us a few years ago? Yeah, did, yeah, 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 yeah. Good player, by the way. Yeah, he's Maybe he's bell just got Mick's stop in his head. head. Yeah, old he bell is a bellend, but side. he's also really good.
2: absolutely classic. Um, <laughs> Chloe?
3: Um, I went with Jordan Henderson. Um, Why? Not because Joe had already done the graphic. No, I went with Jordan Henderson because... You know, it felt like he forced the move, he pushed for the move and he made so many lies up about why he was actually going there. Uh, And it turns out, you know, it was for money and he's absolutely hating it over there. So now he wants to claw back um, and come somewhere in... You know, he really wants to go to the Premier League... But once again, he told us all, as Liverpool fans, that he couldn't possibly play against us because that would just be too hard for him, which was why he was going to Saudi. It wasn't money, he was really excited about the prospect and the idea of changing football over there and playing in front of 600 fans. It just goes to show that he was just a load of shit.
2: I, I think it's hilarious, but I've got to be honest, I think it takes a big ban to admit your mistake. Mm. And to come back, Do
3: you whether, he miss it
2: whether he says it or not, he has. Do you think so, he'd have to apologise, though? I don't know. But coming back admits a mistake to yeah. the entire world.
3: Leaving to go anywhere admits a mistake, not just to come back to the firm.
4: Mm. Yeah. Because no, if, right. if,
3: even if. If the likes of Sunderland or someone There's no way you take a page a wage cut to go to Sunderland if you were really that happy like you just wouldn't. Um, so it's actually to go anywhere and take a wage cut that goes to show you've made. The I feel
2: I do feel a bit sorry for him to be I honest do. with you. I, I do because I think he's had some bad advice and I think he's he, weirdly I read that Oliver K, it was Oliver Kay, yeah, yeah. it Oliver Kay article. And it was not what was said, some some of it was what wasn't said for me. So, like, it's it almost references Adam Milana and James Milner going to Brighton and it frames it in a way that he thought that was a terrible decision. And I'm thinking, how are you... Sh- how have you managed to think that two of your best mates have made this absolutely horrendous decision and yet you've come to this other decision Mm. which is go to Saudi Arabia for loads of money and throw everything out that you've worked so hard for over the course of the last 15 years of your Mm. career it really does say to me that it's bad advice it's not just him and he's got to have a fault in it and he'll have a big fault in it but I feel it's more than just him yeah, I, I just can't see how you would make such a fucking ginormous mistake like that.
4: I must admit that was my overriding feeling all throughout the saga essentially in the summer because he came across as such a, a well educated, well thought out man who wouldn't make such horrendous decisions quite frankly but listen whether it is him or whether he has been poorly advised whatever it is, it ultimately it boils down to he had the final say and he got it, it massively it wrong.
3: And he's lied ever since then for his reasoning. Well he's just trying to
4: save face hasn't he but his reputation damage is, It's done. Is done now it's done,
2: absolutely done uh, and my bell end of the week is Sunderland Football Club um, because they were going into the FA Cup um, against Newcastle in a derby and did this to their suite where they jazzed it up with Newcastle slogans in their suite uh, for people who've paid for hospitality. Um, I don't understand why they've done this. Um, They also had a sign that said cheer up Peter Reid at some point and something else that Newcastle fans used to sing at Sunderland when they played them regularly. It's just baffling to me. I can't get my head around why a football (laughs) club would do it. By all means, if you're worried about vandalism, Mm. take your colours down. Yeah, but don't put your rivals up. No. That is baffling, isn't it? It's a mental decision. It's, just, it's maybe the stupidest thing I've heard a football club do ever.
4: Mm. That's got through a series of meetings and conversations and then someone's picked up the stuff in the printers. It's got a lot of people have signed that off and gone, yeah, that makes sense. And then it's hit social media and only then have they gone, have we, this maybe not (laughs) a good idea. (laughs) 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 Have we had better ideas than this one? I think we might have done. Did they take it back down? Yeah, they took it back down. Yeah, they took it down. I don't think it got to the Newcastle fans, did it? No, 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 it it was down by the time.
3: Newcastle did put a thing... uh, there, when saying we've been made to feel right at home here, thank you. Oh, bet they did.
4: did you I see Jason Tindall? He could have been a yeah. bell candidate. Made he them get it. another picture on the pitch at yeah. Stadium of Light, like Axius Sunderland, oh. absolutely won. You do dress room photos yeah. all the time. Oh, no, he no, made them do it on the pitch.
2: Uh, and shout
4: out as well to
2: Joey Barton, who is a bell Is the bell of the year?
4: That's just a given, now, and, though. And it,
2: but like the. Fred and Rose West stuff, man. I mean, it's just.
3: I don't know what that is. Sorry, I've, I've Do you know blocked them. No, yeah.
2: Oh right, yeah. Do you not know what he did? No. Oh mate, I blocked them. So, are you so it was it was I the Evans game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was I the Evans so, game. Yeah, yeah Pal- Everton Palace. Yes. Yeah. Who, uh, were the, who were the two? Any, uh, Lucy Ward and Ennio Luka. I yeah. want to say, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he likened them to the serial killers uh, Fred and Rose West. Um, for having women on the telly talking about the
3: football. How has he managed to link the two? I was
4: just he said it's, it's that bad essentially okay. is is his point it's that bad having those two is essentially having two serial killers. But his latest well one of his latest is he going to have a, a sex change. He's going to change his gender to play in the women's super league. Yeah. This is a
2: surprise that you didn't go with <laughs> Joey Barton to be honest Because I thought a he was a shoe in for the win this week yeah, and no I'm one sorry. picked him I think everybody was just go. waiting for somebody else to pick Joey Barton and well, I don't, picked It's Joey Chloe's normally, isn't it? Yeah, no we we a, normal. I feel like we've done the world the disservice with not picking Joey Barton for that the week Thanks to Chris, Chloe and Dan for that
3: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile With the price of just about everything
4: going up during inflation We thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium
1: wireless. Ready to get 30 30, I bet you get 30, to get 20 20, to 20, get 20, 20 I bet you get 20, 15 15, 15
4: 15, just 15 bucks a month. Sold.
3: Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch.
0: $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all. seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt
1: let's move on to journal insight Neil Jones joined me as ever on Tuesday morning and we had a chat about Jordan Henderson yes I know he doesn't play for Liverpool anymore I understand it but he is an ex liverpool captain he's still got massive massive links to the club and obviously there's been talks about him in Saudi Arabia and potentially wanting to leave so yeah check out me and Neil on Jordan Henderson I want to speak about Jordan Henderson not technically a Liverpool player anymore we know obviously and that's kind of what this conversation is about Um, it wasn't that long ago when we were speaking in the summer about Henderson to Saudi Arabia, we laughed it off thinking it's nonsense. And then like, all of a sudden it happens. Yeah. And I do remember you saying a couple of times, like, you know, i I'm, I'm sure. I wonder how long he'll last and I wonder if he'll come to regret it by all accounts. A report from Matthews, I think by the first for the Daily Mail. I'm right saying then later collaborated by a few other people says Jordan wants a return already. Um he, there are massive financial implications if he does that by the way he's going to lose a lot yeah. of wage and he's going to be taxed an awful lot of money which is obviously interesting I, I, I can't say I feel sorry I'm not sure that I right wear this, but like it's not this, this doesn't come as a huge surprise you literally tell me that this could be it's, yeah. it was in play when it happened at the first time but it's it, it does feel like it's been a really really rocky what 8 to 10 months for Jordan Anderson really in, in where a lot of things have gone sideways and a lot of it's by his own making as well mm. um, What are your thoughts that he wants to seemingly want to return ASAP from Saudi?
5: I think, I I don't know, the word you were looking for was maybe sadness. There's just a sadness to it, you know. Yeah, it's a shame, yeah. Yeah, a shame, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, you're right. I did, I wouldn't say I predicted it, but it doesn't surprise me that that we're in this position. And he's not the only one, is he? There's a few, you know, I think there's reports about Sadio Mane not particularly being happy. I think Firmino's had had it um, as well. The, I wonder what it what it says about the whole project a little bit with with Saudi Arabia, where you know all the glitters kind of comes to mind that yeah, the, there are things that they can give you that no one else can, you know, of course, but there are things that they just can't give you no matter what. And I I mean I remember it was put to me, and I, I won't I won't name it, you know who it was, obviously, or even what what capacity they were in. But I remember being said to me that they were... Sort of, it was jokey, but it was like, I can only imagine how fuming he would be, Jordan Henderson, with things like the training kit, with things like... Because they they know what he was like at Liverpool in terms of, you know, everything had to be spot on. He said, I just can't imagine him swallowing, you know, sort of second-rate stuff yeah. over there. and And, 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 and really the second-rate stuff... Over there relates to the football, doesn't it? You know, and 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 the the, the whole thing around it—the crowds, the pitches, the you know, the, the the kind of the experience of playing football over there—it's not the same. And you know, I don't think anyone. Well, I don't, maybe not anyone, but I don't think a lot of people have a lot of sympathy for him. I don't. I think, you know, he would never he would never seek our advice. But I think we could have told him that. It's going to be hot and humid over there, and the crowds aren't going to be the same as playing at Anfield. I did wonder this the other week when Firmino and, and Fabinho came to Anfield and watched that Newcastle game whether they thought I would have enjoyed that. You know, looking at that over there. Um, but from his point of view, it like it leaves me in, a, in an even more difficult position now because one like you say he's going to have to swallow a, a financial loss a reputational loss a, a loss of face, face. okay he, he can deal with that where's he going to end up it isn't going to be Liverpool it isn't going to be in the Champions League I wouldn't have thought it isn't going to be even you know one of the, the top seven or eight clubs in, 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 in the country that was what that was what he couldn't swallow wasn't it when he was leaving he, you know it was, it was like I wanna be playing every week for, for the for one of the best clubs in the in the country. You're gonna come back and go to Luton or Crystal Palace or Fulham or where, wherever it is. And it was also put to me recently this week speaking to people was are the Saudi Arabians gonna to wanna to take that loss of faith? You know, whatever you whatever your thoughts on, on his his politics and his his um his hypocrisy and all those kind of things. It's a big win for them to, to get someone like him. You know, that was he was the sort of I wouldn't say he was the unobtainable, but he was he was one of the ones that you say, like you're breaking down a barrier if you get him, you know, like, look at that, we can get anyone. We can it's get anyone. Are they gonna wanna just let him go and say, oh, sorry, didn't didn't you like it? Go go back. Does that, saying, does that the undermine their is. kind of that that undermines their kind of, you know, drive of, yeah. of recruitment, doesn't it's it? almost like
1: the, it, we always wondered Cristiano Ronaldo was the the one who, who mm. facilitated that one yeah. going. The first one to leave,
5: there might be more to follow. Probably, yeah. and so, while well, the Saudis allow that. He's under contract. And and, and we did also say that Jordan, for, for a, another generation of younger players, does does Jordan go into Saudi Arabia? Does that make it, legitimise it when you're a 21-year-old and you go, do you know what? So what? Like, I'm, I'm going to go and earn my career's money in, in a year. Actually, if he goes and then comes back, then it does. It has the opposite effect of that, doesn't it? Where any any player, whether they're twenty one or thirty one, thinks, oh, well, you, you know, Jordan, Jordan's, a, you know, I, I like I like him, or you know, he's a sort of a, a proper professional, and he's gone over there and, and couldn't couldn't deal with it, puts me off. Um, I mean, I thought it was. I don't. I don't know if there's... I don't know what the the sort of sympathy element would be like among the Liverpool supporters. I think it' would obviously be mixed you know and it, it would be unfair for me to generalize around what people think, but I think what I can safely generalize is i don't think many people would be that surprised by this emerging, and I don't think many people um sorry I think a lot of people would have been able to predict it at the time i'm not I'm not at all claiming that I was ahead of the curve in terms of how oh, we might struggle there. It was put to me like I say that There'd be a lot of things that he just wouldn't like about playing in a, in a league like that, a developing league. Jordan Henderson is someone who, their whole career really, has been about maintain, trying to give the highest possible standards and, and maintaining the, the highest possible levels. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a skewed that for six months.
1: Yeah, um, and I don't want to, listen, twist the knife right now that because that's not, that's not the intention, but like, he did say, one of the reasons he went there as well, he, when he, he was insistent it wasn't all financial, which. I don't think many people were buy it uh, ironically but he did say like, he, didn't, he didn't really fancy playing against Liverpool like, another reason potentially why he would go there well if he's after a Premier League return th- that's almost gone out the window as well it's, like, it's almost another thing where people like you know you mentioned the way yeah, they practice yeah. before and again it, all, it comes in different shapes and sizes and who are we to judge someone on their career choices per se but it, it's just another one of those it's like I said I, it's always sad because you, you we want to encourage these guys to talk we want them to talk hope and honestly and let us hear what they've got to say but yeah, it feels like he said is, is almost coming back to bite yeah. him on the backside a little bit now because that could be another one where people go, "I, I remember the, the the interview that people described as a car crash." I think it was in the Athletic. It yeah. was Adam Crafton's interview,
5: right? Saying uh, only seen Adam Crafton. Yeah,
1: yeah and, and then since then, he's he's got a, he's got a lot of stick. And if he comes back, I can tell you now, the, the day he signs, if he did sign with the Premier League club, there's going to be someone's going to clip out the interview saying or whatever, you know, didn't want to play against Liverpool anymore, and all of a sudden he's rocking up at Anfield with yeah. X team. It, I don't know, it just, it, it all feels, like you said, sadness, and, sh- and, and just
5: it, it's yeah. the way it's
1: gone isn't great. Like, some, I don't know, it just, it's just a way to exit a football club when it feels like this is one of the worst we've seen for a long time, really.
5: Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, I'm I'm not sure. I, I, it is easy for us to say, well, you should have just said, I went for the money, but if he'd have done that, he would have got. Yeah, there, yeah. Would, have of, the right there would have been a lot of right would have been a lot of stuff. So there's no right answer, but he, yeah. I, I think he's he's come closer to finding the wrong answer than than most had. And I do I do think I a little bit. Just think, I I don't know, I don't want to say poorly advised because I think he's a, he's his own man. He's thirty three. He's you know captain Liverpool for years. You know, he, he should be able to make his own decisions. But I just think. He's, he's, he's a good case studying kind of how, you know the optics really and mm-hmm. how to how to not manage them particularly well but
1: there'll be PR cases at agencies <laughs> across the globe of how not to do things and, yeah. and Jordan Enders' name is going to be right near the top of the Yeah, them, and,
5: and you know that interview that he gave with The Athletic there was a lot of stuff in there that just it was it almost felt naive well, the way the way he, he was speaking it it felt like Jordan you're smart you're smarter than that you must know how that Sounds or that, you know that, that won 't yeah. wash um there's no reason why he should feel bad about playing against Liverpool by the way I in the sense might. of you know he gave enough service and whatever whatever, whatever the, the, the aftermath of his leaving no one can argue with what he did for Liverpool as a player you know and, and, and the, the fact that he he never ever gave anything but everything that he had um, so there's no reason why he should feel bad if he was to come back with Fulham Yep. That he feels like he's military Yeah, food, you so know Adam Lallan has been back. You know, listen, I've seen players who did not for Liverpool come back and get hero worshipped. You know, I remember John Joe Shelby scoring a goal yeah, yeah. at Anfield and spending the next two minutes apologising for it and being clapped and and thinking, well, you you know you're, only, you're being horrendous. You are only John Joe Shelby. Um, so there's no reason why you should feel like that. But when you said it as a, you know as a justification for for leaving, then it's going to get thrown back at him at some point. But. I'm interested to see what happens because, like I say, I think it would be a big, a big step from the Saudis to say, okay, you, you, you know, you've had your go. I mean, maybe they might feel like job done. Can focus
1: on that? Yeah, that might be more. It, Liverpool coming back to Liverpool? No, that's not. Bad. No, ticks a few, you talk about keeping the Saudis happy and potentially <laughs> an even more well, controversial yeah, than Newcastle. I know what you're going to say. And Luke Edwards on the on the BBC, he does his transfer podcast on BBC, and he's he says, he, he reports that you know it's been discussed that Newcastle, obviously, they're in desperate need of the field as a low move now. You took up Ben Bridges with an old club. I, if we can stomach, I mean, Sunderland will not. That, that's no. a mad one. But like, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking logically. Is Saudi Arabia, the Newcastle link. That's the same face say faced. was tough, wasn't he? But the band didn't get you know, when they voted. Yeah, Ruben never's yeah, it was over, wasn't it? The, yeah, they they we, we, it we'll was like, in the wrong direction. Yeah, um,
5: that, that would be. That would. I if mean, he
1: wants to go full WWE villain. Rockland at yeah. Newcastle is like oh it's almost like well, I'm the bad guy now I'll own it kind of
5: thing but the, wow. the only way it would have been better is if he'd done it last last week <laughs> so he could play <laughs> on the weekend and make his debut um, yeah that would be that would be adding, adding fuel to the fire definitely I, mean, I don't think anything would shock me it's mad really I, you know, I think I'd be less shocked about that than him coming back to Liverpool for example but uh, <laughs> yeah he's, I mean it's just he's he's in a corner. He's in a Yeah, he is in a corner. Yeah, and you know, we, we I loads think of you also there. in amongst all this, we should probably be fair enough to, to point out that it's not just him, is it? You know, like no, the, no, that's no. in this position, as in his family. You know, he has got family considerations, and and you know, there, there are a lot of things that I think there'll be a few people who will be pointing and laughing and saying, "Well, you know, sorry, gutted for you," but at the same time like there are there are a lot of things that he needs to consider but i can't believe that they weren't considered yeah. more in 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 the summer really because we would have discussed all of these things oh, he's going to he's going to hate playing in a team that you know also i think also the fact that like it was like he wasn't you know when 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 a, when a lot of money's paid for a benzema and a ronaldo and a, a neymar you, you're like yeah i understand that you know like you you sort of pay over the odds for those players because they're sort of game-changing silence aren't. They? The whole thing about Jordan Henderson was that he played in good teams and he, he sort of he found roles within teams and he lifted you know collectively. So he was always going to find it hard. He, to be the, you know, he's not stardust in terms of, you know, give me the ball and I'll just make everything happen. He needed a, a structure around him, really, to be a, to be a top player, which he was. So these things are, I don't know, the, all these things that he doesn't like about it, they were so predictable uh, for me anyway. You know, I, th- th- it was so obviously that he was going to struggle to, you know, he was never going to go over there and be, oh my God, the best player in the Saudi League is Jordan Henderson. You know, wow, what an individual player. It was never going to be that. You know, he was always going to struggle for maybe. Um, acceptance, you know, or appreciate he struggled for it in the Premier League, even though he was lifting the Premier Struggle League. At Liverpool, yeah, exactly. <laughs> even 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 in his in his peak years when he was winning everything, there were still people who I think if everyone was fit would have said, Does Jordan Henderson get in Liverpool's team? I I think he always did but um Yeah these these are just predictable problems and I wonder I wonder the impact it has if even if he doesn't leave what impact it has on the next wave of people who are considering going to Saudi Arabia where they think, okay, that might that might be an extra factor. You know, if you were trying to convince someone not to go, Jordan Henderson, I think, would be one of the players that you'd go. Just just have a look at what's happened to him.
1: I was about to say, if, if we move the conversation on a we move the conversation on with so Jordan obviously wants to return, there's other players as well. You're talking about the next wave. Salah. Salah. Mo Salah. You 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 preempt me me question a little bit, but yeah that he obviously the, the massive bid in the summer rejected. Everyone was just half convinced well, Salah that'll be Salah next summer gone. If you were Mohamed Salah now, I'm guessing you'd have a word of Jordan at some point to get on the phone and go, <laughs> like, you know, what, I mean? like, well, what is it like? Empty stadiums and, and blah blah. You know, Salah would be better paid, of course, it's, it's worth mentioning and whatever. And, 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 it, and he Huger is going, one of those players, yeah, and he's
5: yeah. a, he is one of those star players that, like, you know, he could do no wrong when he went over there, really. I, I would imagine, it, you know. He would only have to step on the pitch and, and, and it, it would he would feel love of the fans I don't think Jordan henderson would, would, would feel that but yeah I mean that, I think that's one of the arguments we've used why would Salah go there isn't it or you know why he wouldn't is that com- the competitive elements of of the player that like you know he wants to he wants to win everything he wants to be the record goal scorer of everything he you know he wants to win Golden Boots AFCON he want, you know all these things Ballon d'Ors. he wants to compete with those and you're not going to do it in, in the Saudi Pro League are you? and that would that would again I think Henderson would just be another another sort of bullet point on, on that of like and, and also don't forget your old captain that you know he went there because he, he felt like you know his career was winding down or, or whatever it was um and he soon found out that it wasn't like I say all, all the glitters wasn't gold absolutely yeah <laughs> worth it was interesting I thought it was interesting you know Klopp asked about it wasn't he on on, on um, Sunday and he played it well didn't he because Kl- Klopp often says this thing of like I've got nothing to say about that and then he goes on for two minutes and you think you've said a fair bit there Jürgen but the there will be an expectation, or a, I think a hope, from some Liverpool fans that Jürgen sort of goes, well, you know, <laughs> tough luck, boo-hoo. Um But I don't think he would. I think I think you can tell there's still that. Like, I mean, even he called him Hendo, didn't he? There was in even that kind of respect. Of I think there'll be a sadness among a few people at Liverpool that like he didn't, maybe he didn't listen, or that he jumped too too quickly, or he jumped to the wrong place. I think there'll still be a sort of an appreciation for Liverpool that. Um, it's sad that it's turned out this way for you know one of our our great captains.
1: Thanks for Neil, as ever. Let's move on then. It's the final word show. Yes, Liverpool two, Fulham one. League Cup semi final first leg, a rather tight affair. A game of differing. Uh, outcomes for certain players some players play well some didn't joining me with Jamie Camford and Lewis Aspinall and we had a chat about Darwin Nunes and is he being disrespected by the general footballing public uh, check out what Jamie
6: and Lewis thought about Liverpool's number 9 just a little thing about Nunes at like I know you were talking to Neil Jones or my side of you or Dan or, or Liverpool getting like not, not disrespected but like people aren't talking about us I was just saying something the other day and like Nunes is like in sort of national football podcast a bit of a punchline like oh yeah. and then Nunes gets like I just think like I'm not I'm not asked about disrespect whatever you can think whatever you like but I think if you can't see, he does he does do stuff that winds you off sometimes. But you can't see how dangerous he is on that left or wherever he plays. I think he was unlucky with the shot. You know, I, I don't think he can do much with that left-footed shot. He's so dangerous. He, he causes murder every time he comes on. He's especially if you're retiring defense. Like he's the last thing you want to see, isn't he? It's just you know, ball so so, going you know? pa- Yeah, more power to him because. He keeps going, he galloped, he is like a racehorse yeah. you know, on that left <laughs> side, he properly, proper gallops, he cuts inside, some of his crossing wasn't that great but, you know. Positionally he's brilliant as yeah. well, like
7: you know, at that Newcastle game, yeah he didn't score but he put himself in the right spots to score. Yeah,
1: I suppose well, it was like, I'm in a couple of group chats with fans of other teams and he has a bit of a point it's like, well, he hasn't scored for ages, he's scored, and I was like, no you're absolutely right. But then he's, he's, he has had a little bit of hard lines, and at some point you do have to you have to start scoring. Don't don't yeah you don't don't yeah. get that wrong. But like you know, he comes on against Newcastle and has a good effort, and it's just a good save by the Bravka, and then Cody Gapo scuffs one off his of and <laughs> yeah. goes in, and then you know yes, they, he does nothing wrong. And Ben Leno just makes a good save of his legs. Like it is, it does feel like he's get he's. You know, if you're talking about like, re- re- reverting to the mean, at some point he's due to go on one of these, and he might go on it, but it does feel like he is, I, I agree with Jamie, because I think you can say, almost disrespected, and I think that yeah. some Liverpool fans, I think that at times he's frustrating, and don't get me wrong, he absolutely is, but like to call him like a flop, and put him in the same category as some of the other bad signs that other teams have made in the last couple of years, I think it's wrong, because... The stats speak for themselves. He's get, if not, he is providing a lot of goals. Yeah. His, his assist numbers are, are decent. He has scored a, a plenty, of, well, not enough, probably, but plenty yeah. of goals already. It does feel like he has become a bit of an, a bit of a punchline because yeah, he has missed a couple of easy chances. He's missed a few sitters, and and yeah, we can't deny that. But I don't know this idea that Darwin is, is absolutely shit, and uh, like Liverpool will be better off selling him. And I I don't know. I I can't get my head around that. I think we can all agree we want to see more goals. I think you'd, you, yeah, we'd all say so. But like he's contributing to a Liverpool team and he is definitely contributing, he is not, the last thing you can say about Darwin, he's like, he's anonymous, he's always involved, yeah. he's always in the right place, so yeah. do you feel he's being disrespected a little bit?
7: Yeah, I, I, I feel like I could talk about Nunez for a year, like I, there's, the reason Nunez comes under such criticism is because we bought him at a point when we ne- didn't necessarily need that type of player and because of the money we spent on him, that's naturally going to come into the conversation, we've seen it with like Jack Grealish at City, Dak and Rice at Arsenal, Kaiseido Nunez is our, our thing about the front line is Salah will score plenty of goals but everyone contributes in a different way they might not all break the bank score in 20 odd goals each yeah. in the league but they get goals and assists and Nunez is our top assister and he's got 7 goals or something like that his role in this team is not to be the out and out striker he's to play the system and the system requires him to just go on the wing cut inside if he wants to shoot from whatever angle he wants, do whatever he wants, and just put the fear of God in the back line. Yeah, he does miss easy opportunities. I've seen Salah miss one-on-ones. I saw Suarez miss one-on-ones. I've seen Torres do it. Everyone does Mane it. Mane used to miss sitters Mane, all the time. Yeah, every, every player has missed sitters. Yeah, sometimes... Sometimes... He hasn't got the goals to outweigh the sitters. That, yeah, and that, that's fair enough, but he's what he offers to that team, and maybe it's just a case of we it to succeed so we're looking a bit more in-depth to it than any from, yeah. from other fans are, but he provides and we've said it a million times, chaos. But that's what we are as a team up front. We want to confuse teams. We want to tie our teams out. And there's no player better in that front line at doing that than Darwin. He's not the most technically gifted player, but positionally and in terms of teamwork and actually providing for the whole squad, he offers more than arguably Anyone on that front line other than Salah, so he is yeah. disrespected. In that, I sense. said
1: before, like early on the show, like you know Liverpool without their creative influences, Darwin is actually up there with them. he's got yeah. ten assists, now ten assists, and you know we we'll go we'll go back to go forwards, but like in this particular instance, for, for the, obviously for Gapo's second goal, it is all Darwin, and that's what kind of what he can do. Today. It just yeah. feels like there's, the the narrative around them is shifted towards like you know, you spend that amount of money and the fact that he wears the number nine on his back as well, yeah, you're expecting yeah. something. It can't, it maybe is just a little bit different than that, what it is and that, yeah, we would like a more refined robot type finisher, maybe a, 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 a I don't know, a more physically gifted jotter maybe, something like that's what people were after, but I think it's, 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 I think it is disrespectful to say about Darwin that he is, he's a net negative to Liverpool. I think no. Liverpool, even just the eye test, Liverpool always look better when he's on the pitch, in terms of, they look like they're going to score more goals. Mm, yeah. He might not, and he is going to get more chances. He creates more chances. He gets assist. Yeah, he hasn't scored enough. But I think if any, if you ask most Liverpool fans, or you know, a lot of us in particular, a lot, he probably has to be in the front three in terms of oh, yeah. just for what he offers. And that it does feel a little bit like he's getting out of I saw Josh Williams tweeting, you know, if you only judge him on his finishing, or you only judge Nunes on his finishing, you're you're wrong and paraphrasing. Yeah, there. yeah. And he got a lot of stick, Josh, and you know, ah, well, he has to score goals, and yes, he does. But you can't just ignore everything else he does as well. I think it's fair to say, like Liverpool are wanting more goals, but
6: they're also Jürgen's relatively happy with what he's getting from them. It's yeah, it's been a real sea change of from the last half of last season. He couldn't get his way into the side. I think I remember doing a show late last season. We were talking about who do you think is going to be his preferred, and I I mentioned Nunez because I was thinking, well, the money, the money they've paid not you know it's not loose change. And it's like no, it, it, he's he's behind probably Jota and Gakpo in the pecking order for that central yeah. sort of thing. Like I can't, I couldn't argue at the time, but he's managed to now. People are calling for people at time shouting for him to come on. We do look so much more dangerous with him in the team. I've had I don't know I I think everyone's going to have a breaking point with cuz I don't <laughs> think he's going to change. There was a game the other day where I was just I can't even remember which one it was but I'm like what's the point in having like the world's best car in your driveway if if it keeps breaking down? Or, like you need I'd rather have a worse car. Than guess <laughs> me where it, or, I don't know if that's the right analogy but like the the end the the thing you're supposed to do is score goals <laughs> like and you can't look past that and he, he like you know but I I don't think that was his issue last night he will he, he'll probably miss a sitter in the Champions League semi final next you know like mm. he'll do something where you're like oh my god but he's just he is still worth his place in the team. I don't know if that can ever that clinical thing that Jota has in front of goal can ever be coached into him because we've all seen them mad finish. He he scored and he scored some amazing goals for Uruguay as well. I don't know. Just just I just wanna I just want to, he's box office, in not he? I just want to keep seeing him in the team. <laughs> I want to keep seeing him harassing defenders and through like as you were saying about sharing the contributions out like through across all five we are going to beat teams. I don't care if it's Diaz who scores or Salah's going to get the bulk of them. As long as among through the five of them, we are winning games, yeah. then that's grace You know, the second goal yesterday, we got we were talking about like he does so well. Yeah, and it, like, he, he,
1: it's almost like proper old fashioned wing play. Get to the bar lamp pull it back, yeah. but the pullback's clever. It's not just hitting open. He picks cozy gap out, who finishes the lifeful as well. but the thing with Darwin actually that I've noticed more when he plays on the left wing is when you think of Darwin and his pace, you're always thinking balling behind, running the channels. The yeah. Newcastle goals, for example, he's actually really good with the ball, his feet in yeah. those positions. Sometimes he looks like he doesn't know he's doing Again And again, yeah. it's worth mentioning, but when he gets on those little, you know, those little short bursts and starts twisting and turning, you know, I thought Castaigne had a decent game yeah. overall, but he did cause him, you know, cause him way more problems than Lewis Diaz did when he was out on the left hand side. So fair play, like that is like. You know, I don't know, like shifting them out to the wingers, maybe found something because, like, that's not exactly what you wanted to do, but yeah. it kind of feels like maybe it is as well.
7: Well, some players just adapt to a different position better than they do. Like, you mentioned Oxlade, he started off as a winger and we made him a midfielder and he looked way better. Genuine Alden, like, a million, like, so many players do it. And, like, if you look at that goal, Nunez looks where Gakpo is in the box before he gets to the byline. When he hits it, he's not even looking. He just knows where he's going to be. So he knows the system well, and he's superb at doing what he's doing. And like I've said before, I've said like a billion times, he, on, in the centre, because of the expectation, it's you're there to score goals. But on the wings, he can just do whatever. And that assist yesterday is what he's good at. Like you said, he's got frightening pace, and he's one of the most physical players in the league. He bullies defenders. So having him out there to do just that benefits anyone in the middle massively. And Gakpo recently has been a beneficiary of it. That assist yesterday just showed us football and IQ. And a lot of people will say, you know, he's, oh, he's, he lacks technicality and, you know, his foot, but he, he doesn't know what to do. He does because he keeps showing time and time again that, yeah, he'll miss the easy chances. But in terms of setting up players in the centre positions or scoring outrageous goals that you shouldn't be able to, he's quality at it and... Like I said before, yeah, he's going to miss easy chances, he's going to miss ones that are stresses out, but if he's going to do stuff like that or score the goals that he does, I don't give a shit, he can do it. Yeah, absolutely. Double-digit
1: assists after the season. He, he gets cases as assists as well. He'll, he'll take that every time. He'll, he'll, yeah. you'll, you'll, you know, pay some respect to Darwin, as fellow, fellow football fans, if anyone's watching this one. Cheers to Jay and to Lewis for coming in for that one. And finally, Expert Insight, yes, the January transfer window is currently open. We haven't heard too much activity from Liverpool other than the odd recall of loans and loaning players out. But yeah, Dan brought in Lewis Steele who covers the Reds for the Daily Mail to have a chat about Liverpool's January plans, what could and couldn't happen. Here's a short clip from this week's Expert Insight.
4: More interestingly, I guess, for everybody watching and indeed listening, centre-halves. Now, we said right at the top of this little segment, Joel Martip out for the remainder of the season. Don't know what that means in terms of the future for him, but we'll park that for a moment. That leaves us with Virgil van Dyke, the outstanding Jarell Kwon, who's really come to the fore this season. Ibrahim McEnate, who is incredible, but has his own fitness concerns, I think it's fair to say. And Joe Gomez, who... For all his brilliance in terms of his versatility, has fitness problems, and also can't be in three different positions at once. So everyone is looking at this situation and going, will Liverpool act on it? Now, I think the place to start with this, Lewis, you've mentioned three, four potential centre-backs in your piece for the Daily Mail. Antonio Silva, Gonzalo Inacio is the name that won't go away. Usmane Diamande is another one. All three, obviously, based in Portugal. And the place to start, really, is Liverpool feel as though the centre-back problem or the centre-back position is the next place we're going to go we did the midfield last summer the centre-back feels like the next one is that right
8: yeah that seems to have been that's what all the noise seems to suggest um I do think it's still very unlikely something happens in January the only thing that would change that is if Canate or well any of the three got injured really um and I think they're still at the very early stages of planning in that department I mean the like I always find it surprising how much fans get sort of overexcited when you say a club's scouting a player because these clubs are generally scouting like hundreds of players a season. Um and they that that that's when they'll rattle it down and they'll have they have scouts all over Europe, all over South America as well, watching these players. But there are a few names that keep getting mentioned with people you talk to around football and whatever, people in the know. Um The Anashio one seems to be the one most mentioned. I don't think that necessarily means he's the most likely to sign because this is very much early stages of the planning. Um And there'll prob- they'll probably be a name that none of us have even heard yet that'll come to the fore. and You don't know, I think another one that, has been mentioned, but this might be more just because he he's ready to step up as the lad at Palace, Gwehi Gui. Mm-hmm. Um he's he's one of them where I think his his agents are sort of thinking, you know, like he's playing for England. He's he's probably Palace's best player or one of their best defensive players at least. And you know, he's probably ready to step up to a bigger club. Um not necessarily means that'll be Liverpool, but you know, I'm sure they'll keep tabs on him. He plays on that left side as well, which is quite interesting. And I think Anasio as well, he's left footed. And when you look at the system, I think they might look for a sort of left footed defender because with, with Trent Wundering into midfield, you've sometimes seen Robbo have to tuck in a bit um, into like a almost like a back three when they're in possession. So that would be really beneficial. If they got a sort of left footed one that could come out to them wider areas, almost play as a bit of a wide centre back. Mm-hmm. You see um, Gvardiol play that sort of role for City. Um, but they're they're obviously watching a lot of players. Um, Portugal seems to keep being mentioned. I don't know whether that's just because I know a few people in Portugal or whatnot. But um, there's there's a there's a lad at Bayer Leverkusen as well. There's there's absolutely no chance they're going to sell one of their players in January, though, know, because they're obviously going for the Bundesliga title and and they're still in the Europa as well. Um. So yeah, it's very early early stages in that they're obviously still drawing up that list of the long list of candidates and they'll go from there and keep watching them for the rest of the season and see, see what business makes sense in the summer.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And that is, of course, the way to go about it. But I think mean, it's interesting how Obviously, you mentioned the Portuguese thing there. Liverpool have targeted Portugal relatively successfully as well in recent years. And it does seem to be a sort of a a breeding ground that Liverpool like because they've had some joy from it, as I say. And it's interesting, obviously, January can be a bit of a volatile market and it seems to be a bit of a domino effect. You mentioned if a player was to get injured, Liverpool might need to act therefore. And obviously having names on a list at least somewhere will be useful in that circumstance. But do you think there's any chance... We've seen in the past, I think it was Cody Gakpo, the Man United interest, spark Liverpool into life there. Tottenham and Luis Diaz. Do you think there's any chance that could be the case in this window as well? Because let's just say, for argument's sake, Barcelona, Real Madrid, Man City, one of the above, suddenly take a liking to Gonzalo and Asher and make their move. Do you think Liverpool will be inclined to do something similar?
8: Yeah, they they, they wouldn't rule it out, definitely. Um, I don't know what their FFP calculations are looking like, because they obviously did spend a lot of money in the summer. But um, yeah, I mean, when we saw it with Cody Gappo last summer and Diaz the year before, that they they weren't signings that they pl- I don't think they planned to do them in January. It was more just that they brought them forward from the summer was the word. Mm-hmm. Um, so that could happen. I mean, there's a lot of ifs, buts, and maybes involved in that. If that was the case, but I'm I'm sure I've got a long list of centre backs. There'll be plenty who we've not mentioned. There'll be plenty who probably we've never heard of that are on the list. Um, there's there's a case there where if, if a Van Dyke got injured, they might have to do a sort of short-term cheaper deal. Um, and there is a few centre-backs in the Prem who have got contracts running up in the summer who they could get on a cheap. I know the, the lad at Bournemouth, Lloyd Lord Kelly, Kelly. Yeah. is one who's been mentioned before. I don't think Liverpool think he's quite good enough for them. Um, I think he's more of like I, I'm sure he's a good player. I think he's captained Bournemouth a few times, but is he good enough for Liverpool? I'm not really sure. I've not watched him enough to to answer that. But yeah, I mean, they could bring one forward, but I'd say it's very unlikely at this stage, unfortunately.
4: Yeah, no, it's fair enough. It absolutely is. And yeah, Lloyd Kelly one is one who, we linked with him before he made the move to Bournemouth um, back in his Bristol City days. So it's not a huge surprise to see his name still doing the round. Certainly not when you consider what you mentioned a moment ago in terms of him being a left footer, can play a little bit of left back, then slot into what becomes a three. I think it does make sense for Liverpool to be looking at this market. And as I mentioned earlier, it does feel like potentially the next big transfer Liverpool do in terms of incomings will be in the centre-half department. That's certainly the taste I get. Um, In terms of the names, um, obviously none of them sort of a standout candidate right now, but Antonio Silva, Diamande, release clauses on both of them. I think Diamande is around the 60-70 million mark. I think Liverpool are going to have to fork out big at some point, you would imagine.
8: Yeah, well, to be fair, 70 million is the new 30 million. I mean, like, you're not going to get a really good centre-half for less than 50 million, really, these days, are you? Um, So, yeah, they're going to have to spend big if they want to do it, but they're they're, they're willing to spend big. They obviously spent reasonable money on Sabosla. They got McAllister on quite a, well, very cheap deal, really, from Brighton, I thought, considering he'd won a World Cup and Mm -hmm. was one of Brighton's best players when they got to Europe. Um, so they they've definitely got the money to spend. Like they're not they're not gonna you know, pull out of any deals because they asked for seventy million or whatever. But I think the fact that their centre back sort of shortages are well documented will work against them because you know, if you're a sporting Lisbon director of football or whatever, you'll think you know, we can easily get another 20 million out of these. Um but it's interesting, I think they obviously they were they were planning for a centre back before Joel Matip got injured, of course, because he's obviously in his mid-30s now. Um, or well, early 30s still, I suppose, but he's he's not getting any younger, he's not getting any quicker. Um, but I think they've been really surprised by just how much Jarrell Quantz has come on this season. Um, I, I know I have for for certain, because you know, he's on loan at Bristol Rovers last season. I remember I spoke to some guy who watches them every week earlier in the season and he was saying, you know, he's good, but he wasn't like, we never saw this coming. And I think Liverpool have sort of felt the same about him. So that, I've I've written before, Jarrell Quanta could be the man that saves Liverpool £100 million because they're not going to go out, have to go out there and, and buy someone because he can genuinely step up. I've not seen him put a foot wrong all season. Um, but I think they do need, regardless of that, they do need another centre-half because you just think... Canardie's been brilliant in the last month, but do you trust him to stay fit all season? I'm not sure I do. I mean, he seems to have got over them injuries that kept, kept coming up, but you never know, do you, with all the games that happen in football these days.
4: No, absolutely, mate, yeah. Um, and I think you're right, yeah, ultimately, Jarrell Kwanzaa is absolutely right now. He's nigh on nailed on So future as part of Liverpool's first team plans. But you're right, I think the Joel Matip outgoing situation is the one that makes us need a centre-back at some point, potentially in the summer.
1: Thanks to Dan and thanks to Lewis and thanks for you guys for listening hopefully you've enjoyed that episode of Redmen Weekly like I said before go and check the shows out in full over at redmenplus.com use that CLOP promo code get it for not on for a month check out if you like it I'm sure you will some great content over there as well as some timeless stuff to keep you entertained as the Reds don't have a game over the weekend we've got our countdown of the 50 greatest Liverpool signings of all time we've got some amazing documentaries such as the Hendo 10 documentary the Bobby Firmino best in the world there's German Scott houses there's a story of crew, loads and loads so yeah like when you scroll netflix to look for something to do on a quiet weekend red men plus has got you covered with loads of features and stuff to keep you entertained while the reds enjoy a very well-earned break yeah thanks very much for listening we'll be back with another weekly next friday see us then